Hi, everyone. You are listening to Start Inspired. I am your host, Samantha March. This is my podcast designed to give you a weekly dose of inspiration and motivation, helping you start inspired and stay inspired. Let's jump into today's episode. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to a new episode of Start Inspired. I'm really excited to share this week's conversation. I have on a new guest this week, and I am sitting down with Stephanie Marie. Now, Stephanie Marie, she is a multitasking social media strategist and YouTube content creator. She loves helping other creatives and business owners elevate their brand, their business, and their social media presence. I have been following Stephanie Marie's YouTube channel for quite some time now. I am excited to say that she is a friend of mine, but even though we talk nearly every single day, I was really looking forward to sitting down on the podcast and really diving deeper into why she started her YouTube channel, when she thought it was going to be the right time to leave her full-time job, how she creates content that is aimed for the over 40 demographic, and then also her work that she does with social media and helping out other people building their brands and their business online. It was really fun to dive into all of these different topics with Stephanie Marie. I really hope that you enjoy our conversation. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Stephanie Marie. Hello, Stephanie. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited that you're here, that we get to talk to each other. Me too. Me too. This is fun. I know. I know. All right. Before we get started, do you want to introduce yourself to the listeners? Sure. Sure. Um, My name is Stephanie Marie. I am a YouTuber and a social media consultant. I uh, have a channel that is for women who are not in their twenties anymore. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, my goal is just to help them make everyday beauty easy in a realistic way and make better buying decisions. And for those who are wanting to grow their social media, I also have a website and a Facebook group for that. It's for people who are wanting to uh, start a YouTube channel or another social media outlet, uh, whether they are a creator, an influencer, or a you know small business owner and entrepreneur. And I help people with that as well. Yes. Love that. Love that. And I want to start with YouTube. So like take us back to when you first started, but what inspired you to first start creating videos for the internet? Yeah. So um, it's perfect to start there because that is where I started. I had that before the social media consulting. Mm -hmm. I have always loved makeup, like a lot of us (laughs) that listen Mm -hmm. to your podcast and and watch beauty videos, right? Um, I just remember being in high school and, and helping people with makeup, but I never really wore a lot of it. I just, I loved messing around with it and always had more than my friends and would help them out in college and high school. And I remember when I moved to New Orleans after college, being enamored the first time I walked into Saks Fifth Mm -hmm. Avenue at this whole new world that opened up for me, you know, with the high end brands and, um, you know, things like that. And so that continued, I would just, you know, help friends out, but that was not what my job was. I was in business and marketing and sales my whole life. So this was just kind of a little side thing that I loved. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, fast forward to, oh, gosh, when I was around, I would say 40, um, we, uh, my 10 year old at the time was watching these beauty videos. It's, she didn't wear makeup and she would just watch <laughs> them. And so, you know, naturally as a parent, I was seeing what she was watching and she would periodically tell me that I should do that. And I thought she was insane for saying that because I didn't know anything about YouTube or what it entailed or being on camera. And at that time, around that time, we had a tremendous family loss in -hmm. our family, you know, in our, our close family, which changed the dynamic a lot. And I won't get into the weeds of that, but I went through a very big life is short moment. (laughs) I was also really disliking my full-time job that paid very well, but, um, I was miserable and I thought, you know, 
maybe she's right. You know, she said, I always help my friends out and people are always asking me questions about makeup and what to do with this and that. And maybe I'll try this thing. And, you know, there's that little voice in the back of your head that says, well, you know, what if it fails? You know, what if people think YouTube is stupid and they'll make fun of me? And, um, so I didn't tell anybody for like Mm -hmm. nine months when I started. Um, I mean, you know, of course my family and my home and I just decided if it fails, it fails. Uh, What do I have to lose? And I put my iPad on a stack of books in front of my window (laughs) and then I filmed my first video and I just went from there and that's where it started. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I I think it's funny that you say that about not telling people because I feel like that is a really common thing and mm-hmm. I did the same. And even still, I'm I'm not always the most like forthcoming with what it is that I do because sometimes there's just people are still confused. But, you know, a few years ago and, and back when I started a blog, it was just mountains of confusion when you told people what you did and it was almost just easier to sidestep it like (laughs) yeah I still struggle with you know when real life people Mm -hmm. (laughs) ask me what I do when you tell people you have a YouTube channel and you know you can see the confusion go over their face because I think they think it's well, either they don't know what the platform is, or mm-hmm. they think it's for kids still. Yeah. And, um, yep. you know, I have to tell them that there's so much on there as far as education goes. And, you know, that I'm not just up there just, you know, doing something silly. I'm really helping women all over the world feel better about themselves. And yeah. it, it's a big thing. And it's not silly, you know, yeah. so it is, and it's a hard, a hard thing to navigate sometimes with real life. When I say real yeah. life people, internet is real life, but you know, you're, you're, you're in-person friend. Right. Right. Yeah. So. No, I, I know exactly what you mean. And you know, it's true though, what you said that you are helping a lot of people. Cause I mean, I can remember finding your channel and this would have been several years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just remember the, the, like the little tips and tricks that you would give just was so helpful to me because, you know, I'm a pretty, like, I I like makeup and everything, but I'm, I'm not a makeup artist and I'm not doing these really over the top looks every day. Mm -hmm. And sometimes on YouTube, that's what I would keep finding. And even something that said like, oh, here's a really easy eye look. It would be Jaclyn Hill mixing 12 eyeshadows together with 14 brushes and all this. And I'm like, I, that's okay. That's not yeah. really what I'm looking for. And I yeah. can remember finding your channel and I was like, this is actually <laughs> like easy and go to and make sense. And I was super grateful for that because I've taken away a lot of tips from your videos. Well, thank you so much for that. And you know, what you just said really resonated with me because that was part of the reason, you know, going back to what you say inspired me to start creating. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I probably should have said this, but it didn't really come to my, my brain until you said it. But (laughs) I was also like you, when I was watching those videos, I would gravitate to the ones that were easier because I also and you're not a makeup artist uh, by trade. I just is something that kind of came naturally to me as far as being able to figure things out. So I wanted to convey to the normal everyday person like myself that you could do it too. I would look at channels like Angie Hot and Flashy and Emily Noel, who also aren't makeup artists, but had these successful channels that I really enjoyed watching, but I knew I could also do that, you know, and I just felt like people needed channels like that. And, you know, you had Angie who was, you know, in a slightly older age bracket than I was, but there was this gap of Mm -hmm. women, that 40 year old age bracket. I just felt like I kept seeing these channels that were in their twenties or early thirties and fifties in that 40 year old age bracket. And that's when so many changes happen. And so I thought, you know, there's a space out there that's just not filled. Yeah. So, you know, that was a big part of it for me. That's a great point. Well, so, so as an over 40 woman on YouTube and the beauty space, did you find any challenges with that niche or, you know, do you see a lot of positives with the makeup advice and anti-aging skincare and so on? I feel like the over 40 space is actually really supportive, Mm -hmm. which 
I love. I, I feel like there's a lot of building one another up in this space. Yeah. Um, you know, I do think you know, the beauty community does get kind of a bad rap in, in a lot of ways with a lot <laughs> yeah. of drama. Of course, those are the bigger, bigger channels. But if yeah. you really look deep within the smaller niches, there's a lot of support there, which I do love. I do think there are challenges within any niche just to, you know, at this point, especially make your content resonate with your viewers. Yeah. You know, and I know you and I've talked about this on the side. It's just kind of hard to know what's going to stick. Mm-hmm. And I know a challenge for me and with a couple of my over 40 friends is that we kind of struggle with certain concepts. Should we niche this down or make it more general to attract a broader audience? Is that going to hurt the video or is that yes. going to help it? And so that's just a struggle that we can continue to have, mm-hmm. um, you know, because we know we can help a broader audience, but, um, you know, with narrowing it down, sometimes that really does still help, even though, you know, your channel does get bigger over time. So, yeah. um, you know, of course, there's always the challenge of getting the troll comments that we all get. And yeah. that doesn't change when you are in the over 40 space. <laughs> <laughs> Maturity uh, that wouldn't happen, but it, it still does. So yeah, those are always fun. Those are always fun. <laughs> yeah. Being on YouTube is hard for anyone because you're on camera all the time and you're always mm-hmm. looked at heavily by viewers and, and, you know, we're hard on ourselves. And when you're over 40, you do have that struggle of, you know, being under a microscope, but you're, you're looking in the mirror every day and you're seeing this aging process happen. Mm -hmm. And there's also a stigma, you know, you've got procedures that kind of come in for a lot of people at this age. Mm -hmm. And there's that, you know, damned if you do damned, if you don't kind of thing that goes on in this age bracket, I've seen channels that take viewers through going through these procedures, you know, Botox fillers, uh, you know, some people will just do a lot of the at home devices. Mm-hmm. And while it's, it's great to be really open with these procedures, I think most viewers, I think are very appreciative of that, but you have a lot that are so critical of people who do make that choice to get Botox or get fillers to make themselves feel better about themselves. Yeah. And, you know, I, for one, have always been very supportive and open of, you know, if you look in the mirror every day and you don't feel good about yourself and you want to do something, then by all means, just do it. I've never done a procedure journey type of video. Mm-hmm they scare me a little bit because you just never know what you're going to get from your, you know, what we view as our support system, our community. And it's hard because you are just constantly scrutinized. And, and I think there's a lot of women out there that genuinely want to know about these things. Mm-hmm. And it's so helpful to be able to give them that information. You have people that will come on your channel and just accuse you of having something done that you've never had done before because you are a certain age. I mean, I just turned 45 in August and, you know, I am blessed to have, you know, parents that gave me great genes and I practice good skincare. I talk about it on my channel a lot. I don't have anything done to myself right now. I, I have nothing. I have no fillers. I have no Botox, but I will have people come on and just assume that I do. And Mm -hmm. I've have friends that that happens to constantly and it gets really tiring. (laughs) So that is something that does happen in this space. And, you know, those of us who have had, you know, Botox before we've been very open about it. So it's one of those things that it's like, you know, if, if we do it, we talk about it. (laughs) So why, you know, being honest is, is super important to, you know, you and I, and, and everyone with our channels. So, um, you know, it goes with, with everything. So I am 33 and even I will get 
comments of like, people will tell me like, oh, you've had too much Botox in your forehead. Yeah. And I, I personally have never had Botox with the, and I'll, I'll never say never because right. I, I might get there, but I have not yet at this point and needles kind of scare me. I don't, yeah. I don't know how well I would do, but it's just, you know, you see comments like that and it's just so infuriating. <laughs> like it's, it's like, I, I just don't even understand, um, what the point of saying something like that is. I, it's, yeah, I can imagine that that would be incredibly frustrating. Um, yeah. And it's funny that you talked about like at home uh, devices. Cause just yesterday I started an at home skincare laser huh? and I'm really excited for it, but oh. you know, I, I put it in a haul video. I filmed my first reaction to it, like using it and everything, because, <laughs> you know, like you said, I think it is important to be upfront about it, especially when, if you're looking to another influencer and you're like, wow, their skin looks amazing. And they're like, yes, these are the products I use, mm-hmm. but they don't tell you that they, you know, maybe do receive Botox or fillers, or even sometimes like having, you know, there's some real successful beauty YouTubers out there who have a regular facialist and they'll go and get the facials and the hydrofacials, all of that plays into skincare. So I just think it's such a disservice if people come on to say, you know, oh, my skin's so great. And here's the products that I use when really there's a lot going on behind the scenes. I just think it's important to be upfront about that stuff because we are, you know, the term is influencers, but we really do influence people. And that's a big deal. That's not really something to be taken lightly. I mean, people are buying products and trying products based off of our recommendations. And, you know, I do think that that needs to be taken pretty seriously. (laughs) Money is all around us. And we think about it more than almost every other aspect of our lives. But how can we make more of it and what's our drive for building wealth beyond just the numbers in our bank account? Join us on the Make More podcast as our host Matt Heslin brings to you a dynamic lineup of experts in the world of investing, business, health, and beyond. Together they unpack the secrets to not just surviving but thriving in today's economy. It's about more than just wealth. It's about crafting life experiences, seizing opportunities, and building a legacy. Subscribe now to the Make More with Matt Heslin podcast and join us every week for new expert insights and inspiration. Absolutely. I mean, you know, when I say that, you know, my job, our job is to help people make better buying decisions, mm-hmm. you know, that's for the good and for the bad. It's not to buy you know, things that we think are are bad. Of course, everybody's different, you know, Mm -hmm. something that doesn't work for me might work great for somebody else and vice versa. But, you know, it's, it's to give our honest opinions. If we don't have our integrity, what do we have? I mean, that is first and foremost for me is my audience. And so when someone comes on my channel and, you know, I know, you know, we've talked about this before. Someone (laughs) comes on our and insinuates that we're being disingenuous, it does, it, it, it gets you, right? Because yeah. you're, you know, the whole goal of, of our channels is to be honest yeah. and authentic. The majority of viewers are super supportive. There's just always those few that just stick in your head and yeah. that's where it starts to get to you. And, you know, everybody that I'm friends with says the same thing. I don't, I don't know why that is. I feel like, I've developed a thicker skin for sure, but you know, you know how it is. It just, it sticks with you sometimes. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, and even in, in real life, cause you know, I'll get the comments of like, oh, you just have to let the bad ones go. And it's like, you know, I could be having a great day and then, you know, a car cuts me off or something. And I'm like, I'll come home and Mitch will be like, how was your day? And I'm like, this car? Like, I mean, it's just when bad things happen, like you just get upset. It's just a normal oh. reaction to it. So, <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I was going to say too, that I feel like sometimes the comments that hurt me worse are the ones that will accuse me of being disingenuous or not trustworthy versus someone saying that like, I'm not pretty or, you know, whatever it may be. Like, those are the comments that hurt the most because it's, it's, you know, it's such a point of pride that we have. Yeah. It cuts to your core for sure. I mean, I just feel like we, 
spend our our time and our energy in our channels i, I want to say 24/7 but you know yeah <laughs> it, it almost, almost. <laughs> right i mean we we build trust and we, we are we almost think of our i mean i do i say we because you and i talk so much but yeah. and and i have you know other friends that feel the same as i do so i almost feel like you guys and i are like this team you know or yeah. it's just a thing but uh, the friends that i have in this community and i feel like our community, our viewers, our followers are part of us. I mean, we obviously, none of us would be where we are if we didn't have that. And yeah. I think when you do have those few, even if it's just one in a day or two in a day, it's just like, what, what what's going on here? I mean, do you even know me at all? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just, right. Yeah, it's, it's really hard to swallow. I agree. And then I wanted to ask, so what do you remember? What year did you start YouTube? I started July 31st of 2016. Mm-hmm. So I just oh. had my four year YouTube anniversary, wow. which is what my, my daughter called it one year and it stuck with me. <laughs> that is so cute. I love that. Okay. So you started summer of 2016. And then at what point did you start to take YouTube a little bit more serious or maybe get a little bit more strategic about what you're posting? I've always had kind of a strategic marketing brain, but when I started my channel, it was really just for fun and to see if people liked my content and my channel. So it was more about subscribers and views than it was about money. I just thought if I had to sink any extra money into my channel, if I had to take family funds for Mm -hmm. this little hobby of mine, then it was not a success and I was going to shut it down. That was my thought process. And I do believe if I recall correctly, that part of starting your channel up was starting that monetization and you didn't get a check or or payment from YouTube until you made a hundred dollars. That's when they would give you your first check. Just, you know, uploaded videos, uploaded content and that I thought would be helpful for people for a while. I mean, it was months. I don't remember when I got my first check, but I remember being really, really excited. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was like, Oh, a hundred dollars, you know, or maybe it was 150 or something like that. Right. Um, And I thought, Oh my gosh, you know, I can actually, buy makeup with this. So, mm-hmm. you know, the first few months that I received checks, I was just putting it right back into my channel. It was, you know, pocket money, fun money. Yeah. And that was kind of what I thought this was going to be forever. I mean, I just thought, I mean, I had a full-time job. It paid well. This was my side money, my hobby. And I didn't have to pull from my family funds to do it. And that was great. And I just had fun with it. Then suddenly, you know, I realized you could have affiliate links. <laughs> and I don't even remember how I found that out. I think I noticed people doing reward style links on Instagram or something. And mm-hmm. it was just this very gradual process. I think it happened over the course of maybe a year that I just, I'm a very big, as creative as I am, I'm also very analytical. I know that goes against each other, but I, <laughs> We talked about this. I have a lot of spreadsheets. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, I think you're you're kind of like that too, though. Yeah, um, you know, we research, we look into things, and it's just my brain works that way. And yeah. so I started looking into these, you know, affiliate programs, and I thought, well, I can make money this way. So I looked into that, and you know, that's that became kind of a second revenue stream, and. Then I was approached about doing a collaboration with a brand. And that was a whole other thing for me because, and I want to say this was in my second year, maybe, or, you know, maybe I'd been at it. Maybe it was a little at a year. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was growing at a steady rate at this point and I was very happy. And, you know, this little hobby was starting to become a side hustle for me. And you know, I I was making more money than I needed to put into products. So I was actually having, you know, side money and it slowly was becoming a side business. And then, you know, later it became a second business. (laughs) And then eventually in June of 2019 is when I was able to 
leave my full-time job that I was not happy with and become a, you know, full-time content creator and social media consultant. That was when my income surpassed my full-time job. And, you know, as great as it was to have dual incomes coming in, (laughs) maintainable. I know that's not a word, but I mean, it was just, it was not doable to keep doing two jobs. I was losing my mind. (laughs) I can't even imagine because, you know, I, I do a lot of things also, and I, I juggle a lot of different hats and jobs, but you know, all of them are mine. I'm full-time with everything that I do. I say I'm a full-time dream chaser and write books. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) Thank you. I put it on a shirt. I liked it so much, (laughs) but I, you know, I do a lot of different things, but I choose everything that I do and I'm my own boss everywhere. But I like, I can't even imagine how busy you must have been and having another part of your job that was, you know, more scheduled and all. I just, yeah, 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 I remember when you, oh, go ahead. I was going to say that I remember when you said that you were leaving your full-time job, I thought you already had because (laughs) you had you you do so much and you had done so much I was like what she was still working her other job all this time (laughs) I was shocked it was was really quite miserable to be honest and I knew I was really nervous about it and it was kind of nice uh to have someone else that was kind of going through the same thing as I was at the same time my friend Michelle Wong Mm -hmm. a lot of you know um and I were kind of going through the same thing at the same time, except she liked her full-time job. <laughs> so, yeah. so I envied that about her. <laughs> I, I did not. Um, you know, it was, I, I was going through some stuff with it. Yeah. And, but at the same time, you have that stability. And I was carrying the insurance for my entire family. Yeah. And, you know, there's just that whole mental struggle of this is all I've ever known. I have only had corporate full-time jobs. I, can I do this? This is such a leap. And, you know, we're very, we're very practical over here. You know, I know there's a lot of people that just take that leap and then they're like, Oh, wait, what about 401k? What about insurance? What about this? What about, and, you know, we had to calculate all that ahead of time, of course. And my husband was, you know, I, I told him at the time, I was like, I don't know what day this is going to happen, but I, I I can't keep doing this much longer. And, you know, here money wise, we're able to do this, but you know, it, it's coming. And, you know, when it does, when, when I, when I make this <laughs> leap, I, I don't believe I'm going to look for another full-time job to replace it. <laughs> and they, okay with that at the time. But then when it actually happened, when I came home and I told him, that I gave my notice, he, he kind of freaked out. <laughs> he was yeah. like, wait, wait, you were serious? <laughs> and I, you know, he was like, this is going to be a really big year. I mean, you know, we've got our son going off to college and uh, this is okay. Kind of like, you know, what, what if YouTube goes down? What if something happens? And I was, you know, anything can happen with any corporate job. I mean, oh, anything I mean, look at everything that's going on right now. And I said, well, I mean, this is just a chance that I'm taking and I have skills from this that I can translate to anything else. So we'll just see what happens. And it turns out it was a fantastic decision. (laughs) So I'm really glad I did it. Yeah. I think that's really great what you said though, too, about that you were really practical about it because... I mean, this, this is something that will always stick with me, but I see the advice a lot of like, what should I do if I want to be a YouTuber? Well, just quit your job and then just buy cameras and then just start filming. Like you have to really give it 100% your all. And then I remember hearing a podcast interview with a girl, you know, the host said, what's, you know, what was your advice or how did you do it? And she was like, well, I, I quit my job that I didn't like. And I just, I bought the equipment and I filmed every day and I put up videos every day. And I just, I really recommend that you do that. And you just throw yourself into it 100%. And I'm, I remember I was on a walk with my dog and I'm listening to this and I'm like, if I would have heard this advice when I was younger, I would have probably ruined my life of just, yeah. just willy nilly quitting your job. And then 
even I could tell the podcast host was a little like, okay, like let's back up though, because how did you actually do that? And she said, well, you know, I could live with my parents and they're pretty well off. So they bought my equipment for me. And I was like, okay, that's what you need to say because not everybody has that. (laughs) I sure didn't have that. (laughs) Right. Like um, absolutely incredible. If you have that and you have parents who want to support that and everything so freaking cool. But if you don't, you do have to be more practical about it and you have to have your backup plans. And you do, you know, like you said, you carried the insurance. I didn't leave my job at the hospital. I, I was writing books. I owned a publishing company. I worked at another publishing company freelance. Like I was doing all of these different things, still working my full-time job because I wasn't married yet and I needed health insurance. And it was, it wasn't even a year after I got married. I was like, I'm leaving because now I can get on my husband's health insurance. And you know, sometimes people joke, like, did you marry Mitch for health insurance? And I'm like, no, I swear. <laughs> yeah, I swear we were right. together for seven years, but, <laughs> but yeah. it's a huge thing. And if, you know, people don't realize that when it comes to YouTube, you don't get taxes taken out. So you have to pay oh, estimate taxes. You don't have a thing. 401k. Oh, yes. <laughs> right. You know, the, the quarterly taxes are and self-employment taxes. Oh, are a huge thing. And huge. yeah, people don't realize that. They don't think about these things ahead of time. And the fact that everyone's story is different. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, someone that is single living in an apartment on their own is going to be able to leave their job a lot sooner than someone like me with yeah. two kids, in, you know, school, one in college, and, right. you know, a family with carrying the insurance and all that. It's just everyone's story is vastly different. And not to mention that it's very hard, as you and I know, to succeed on YouTube or Instagram or, you know, if you have a blog or whatever. And being a social media consultant and walking people through and seeing different business owners and creatives trying to do this and needing advice at different levels and different stages, I see how frustrated they are. Yeah. Everyone has different skill sets. I don't know if you follow Roberto Blake or if you know, yeah. you know big on YouTube with yep. how to grow your YouTube channel. And he does talk a lot about, you know, practical things like taxes and things like that. I think it's great. But, yeah. you know, he does give a lot of practical advice like that. And he is so blunt with people that, you know, you may not be made to be on YouTube. And yeah. everyone thinks they are. And, if people just up and quit their jobs, but maybe this isn't their calling, that is just detrimental to their lives. I mean, they've just, up, you know, uprooted their entire lives to do this. And everyone has different talents. Some people are better at the back end of things. Some people are great at editing. And, you know, maybe they will find that niche for themselves. Some people don't even like being on camera once they do it for a little while. You know, that's the other thing. I had a client that started out, you know, balls to the wall. She was gangbuster. She's like, I want to do this and do that and put out all this content. She did it for two months and she decided she hated it. I've heard similar stories to that too. And I've, I started YouTube in um, 2015 and I've, you know, met a lot of people that have done this and I've talked to a lot of people. And honestly, a lot of people who started around the time I started and we were kind of bonding because of that. We're kind of new together and, you know, collabing and doing these different things. I'm one of the few that are still doing it out of that little group that started at the same time, because it's, it's hard. Mm -hmm. You don't make a lot of money in the beginning, usually any money in the beginning, you're putting more into it than you're getting out of it. And there's a lot that goes along with it. You have to deal with hate comments. You have to deal with this weird balance of how much of your life do you put on the internet? Cause you have to give it, you have to give some to your audience, but yeah. how much do you give? I mean, that's something that I struggle with too, but there's a lot of different things that come with this and it is true. Not everyone is going to be cut out for it and not everyone's going to realize that they like it. And that was one of my tips too, when I get asked and I always say, you know, don't, don't go rush to buy equipment. Don't feel like to start a YouTube channel, you have to have a camera and lights and all of the fancy things. Try it off your phone first. Try to edit a few videos and see if you even like it. You know, it's going to be weird the first few times that you record and you're in a room by yourself and you're talking like, yeah, you know, it's going to be a little bit odd, but now it's, 
absolute second nature to me. And it's so much fun for me to do, but some people never find that fun in it. And before you start to invest and purchase a lot of things and spend a lot of money, just make sure you actually do like it. And if you do, then that's when you can start to upgrade and continually improve from there. Yes. That's, and that's great advice to give people. I mean, I totally, totally agree with that. And the other thing too, that I think there's a lot of people that get into it, just thinking they're going to make money, you know, or they get into it for the money. And I think that's absolutely the wrong thing to get into YouTube or any other social media platform for, because the money takes forever. As you (laughs) know, Uh, you know, I mean, it is great once it starts happening, but it's a slow process. You know, uh, you and I kind of both have similar stories, you know, it started as a hobby, then you kind of were able to buy some products, You, you actually start to make an income from it. But it takes several years, unless you're one of those one off viral type of channels. You know, I think, I think a lot of people see the big channels that have been around for a long time or the rising star type of channels that just grow right from the start. I mean, that's yeah. such a rarity. Mm-hmm. And they think, you know, oh, I'm going to put up a channel. I'm going to make, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. And <laughs> it doesn't yeah. happen that way for yeah. most people. I mean, there's people that there's people that get into this and realize they don't make any money for a long time and then they're out. Yeah. They get frustrated. Yep. Yep. Which I, I mean, I don't blame them. I remember when I interviewed Jen Loves Reviews and we touched on this topic too. We both kind of said like, who would work a job for three years with no paycheck? Not a lot of people, A, want to, but B, can. (laughs) Well, right. And I think you have to love what you do. I mean, you know, we love what we do, right? We love this and we love helping people and sharing information. And you really, really have to have a love for it to keep putting in the hours of work. Because as we know, putting out one little 15 minute YouTube video is many, many, many hours of work, but you, you have to love it and have a passion for it to want to do that for nothing at at first. And, um, yeah. And, and if, if it grows, it grows. And that's, that's kind of the attitude you have to go in, in with. Yeah. Yeah. And I wanted to shift a little bit to also talk about your, the social media consulting that you do. Mm -hmm. So when did you start offering those services and, and again, what kind of inspired you to start that? So I started that, I want to say it was around a year and a half ago because I was getting DMs from people and emails from viewers and other creators that were just Mm -hmm. smaller than myself asking how I, I grew within the time that I grew, you know, it's not like Mm -hmm. I went viral or anything, but I had nice steady growth from the time that I launched. I mean, my channel is only four years old and I, I do feel like, you know, my growth has not slowed, but kind of gotten to a more steady pace. But during the first couple of years, climbing at a nice I would say high steady pace for the type of channel that I have because the beauty space is a hard space to grow in. Yeah. And I think, you know, being in that over 40 space as well was a challenge too. And so I would I would get DMs from people and they would just want to know, you know, what can I do? Tell me how you did it on Instagram and on YouTube. And now my Instagram isn't nearly as 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 fantastic as yours. I mean, oh, but, you, you're on there a ton and I, I, I know you on there more myself, but, um, but they would just, you know, ask me questions and I would give advice. Some people followed it. Some people didn't, you know, that's just how life is. Right. Mm-hmm. But, um, I would talk to my YouTube friends offline and they would tell me that I could be charging for that. You know, you could actually have a, a side business <laughs> as a, a consultant. I mean, you should really think about that because you know your background and everything, and yeah. you know sales, marketing, and 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 business. I mean, you're good at it because my good YouTube friends would also ask me questions <laughs> about yeah. like thumbnails and random things and um, it things that are intuitive. Not that I'm the the best in the world, but there's just some things that come intuitively 
for anyone, right? Mm -hmm. You know, there's people that are great at interior design. There's people that are, you know, good at this and that. It's not intuitive for everyone. I love helping people. So um, I just decided to start up a little side business with all my extra time. (laughs) And um, extra time. (laughs) So um, it would just allow me to help others grow and streamline their process or just learn the ropes. Because I know when I was growing myself, when I was learning how to do all these things on YouTube, with my blog, with my Instagram and Facebook and everything, I, w- I, I learned on my own. I was researching and Googling and watching videos and y- you know, you know how it is. And yeah. I thought if I can help people with that, so they don't have to spend as many hours as I did, yeah. then I'm going to do that. And so that's, that's what I did. And, um, I had somebody build me out a website and I put together some packages and, you know, I'll do, hourly things or custom things if people want something different than that. But um, yeah, I have take on clients here and there and, and help them out. It's, it's nice. Yeah, that's great. I think it's great to have that too. Cause like you said that it comes like, that's something that just comes a little bit more naturally to you. And, and like you even said earlier than that, like everyone has different skill sets and if it's, it's great to be able to use that to help other people. I think that's such a cool thing that you do and that you offer. Um, but like you said too, how you do it in your spare time, I really (laughs) wanted to ask you because, you know, you create content for YouTube and obviously other social platforms. Um, you're the social media consultant, you know, you're a mother, not to mention we've been in a global, global pandemic for the last how many months, like, how do you get it all done? Like, how do you find balance in your days? Or do you find that you struggle with that? Really good question. And this is actually something that I would have a lot of viewers ask me when, especially mm-hmm. when I was working full time. Yeah. Well, and, and I say when I was working full time, I guess I should say when I had a corporate full time job, because I yeah. feel like I actually have less free time now that I am self employed than I did when I had a full time job and was doing this on the side. Mm-hmm. I think because I'm able to put in my own hours into something I love. So I want to do it all the time. Um, So I have always been uh, just a very big organizer. And I find I have to be super, super organized with lists and prioritize things, but also be flexible at the same time. I live by my planner, I have to have things written down and prioritize my weeks in certain ways. And you know this (laughs) because you have to do the same thing with all that you juggle. But I'm also at a point where I am overextending myself. And I know this. And, uh, you know, between wanting to put out two to three YouTube videos a week, wanting to have regular blog posts, both on my beauty blog, as well as on my social media blog, which I've been neglecting, stay active on Instagram and Facebook, and put out newsletters when I do have new blog posts. (laughs) It's a lot. And I find myself, you know, wanting to relax and watch TV at night, but also I'll be putting in affiliate links and doing my description boxes and doing my thumbnails at the same time. So I don't really have downtime like I used to. And I need to have that cutoff time again. And so I'm actually trying to find an assistant to help me do some of those. Uh, you kind of get to a point where you do need to delegate certain yeah. things <laughs> yeah. once you once you have so much stuff to juggle. So I'm trying to let go of some of those type of administrative tasks so that I can spend time filming content and editing and, and doing the things that I, you know, really enjoy doing and yeah. you know, that, that the viewers will, will see and, and that kind of thing. But yeah, it is a lot. And I am fortunate that my kids are older now. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, my son's in college, they're self-sufficient. My, my daughter's 15 and <laughs> a lot of her friends drive. So she's able <laughs> to get picked up, and, um, you know, but they do still need me. So I do try to focus on them in the evenings when they're home. <laughs> yeah. And, um, but it is a struggle. Yeah. It's, I mean, I absolutely agree with what you said. There's, 
I've, I feel like, um, cause I've worked, you know, I've been working since I was 16. I've worked a variety of different jobs and, and all, but I, I don't think I've ever worked hard. I know that I've never worked harder than when I have been fully self-employed because there's, I mean, there's always kind of that fear of like, if you're not working, are you making money? You know, mm-hmm. like you don't just have a paycheck coming just because it's been two weeks and it's payday Friday. Now you really have to put everything into it. And that's uh, my work-life balance has always been a struggle. And my my husband sometimes will come home and stand in the doorway and just look at his watch and be like, have you stood up today? You know, have you gotten away from your computer today? Like, why don't we go, you know, sit outside or go for a drive or something along those lines? Because it's, yeah, it's challenging. I don't do well at just sitting down and watching TV. I mean, you, you know, cause I tell you about how long we've started Shit's Creek and we're still not done with it. <laughs> and it's cause of me. With you because I'm like, we're so the same with that. I know. Yeah. I get it. I get it. It's like, you know, we have that workaholic thing, you know, I'll sit there and I'll start watching something. And I'm like, what else can I be doing? I mean, I feel yeah. so useless when I'm just <laughs> sitting and yes. doing nothing at the same time. It's a bad, bad frame of mind. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and I, I, I need to not be like that and just learn to totally relax. Um, yeah, but I mean, I'm very thankful that it is something that I enjoy doing. I think that's something that is kind of the hidden side of what we do is how much we put into it because most of us, I mean, I'm in contact with a lot of other people and everyone I know spends some evenings and time on weekends working. No one is resentful of that time. It's just what we do. It's just, you yeah. know, it's just, oh, okay, what are you doing on Saturday? Oh, I'm editing my video for Sunday or, you know, whatever. It's just part of what we do. And, and you know, I've never really calculated how many hours I work a week, but it would be a really great experiment to do. <laughs> yeah. I've thought about kind that too. Scary. And I'm kind of afraid. <laughs> yeah. Especially you and I, because we do have the multiple yeah. uh, jobs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it would. Uh, you, and then, yeah, even if we like totaled weekends too, if you like how many hours we work a week, it's like, ooh. Yeah. Ouch. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. Oh, boy. I, I know we're about to an hour here, but I think for my last, my final question, um, I just would love to know like, what would be your best advice to another woman that wants to start in social media or start their own business? Speaking for myself, I know fear holds most people back. Yeah. And I know it's going to sound cliche to say, do it. If you want to do it, just do it. But there is that saying, I'm not sure how exactly it goes, but you know, down the line, when people look back, they typically regret the things they don't do more so than what they did do. But it is true. And, you know, like I did, there was just that one day where I just was like, I'm going to do this you know, not tell anybody about it. If it fails, it fails. (laughs) If it succeeds, then great. But you never know unless you try. And I just fully believe that, especially, you know, not just with this, but with other things in my life that is totally held true. So, you know, I know it's totally cliche. It's easier said than done. I know that fear is real, but if you don't try it, you will never, ever know what could happen. I never thought I would be here right now Mm -hmm. working from home with my own hours. This is basically my dream that I have always wanted. And I never, ever would have achieved it if I did not just sit down one day with that iPad on my stack of books (laughs) and film that first video. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I also love that you talk about the stack of books because that was also true for me. And I, my husband made me like a, like essentially a phone holder out of Mm -hmm. a piece of wood so I could lean my phone on it. And then I, I used a bar stool and I stacked all these books on top of it. And I set that little phone holder there and that's how I filmed my first videos. I love that. And I mean, I love that, you know, I have social media clients that are so weird about their first videos because they're awkward in front of the camera and they want to be perfect. You know, they have what, 10 to 20 videos under their belt and they're mm-hmm. really upset because they don't like the quality of their videos and they feel like they're awkward on camera. And I'm like, please go back and look at my first, 
first videos, but at the same time, I don't want them to. (laughs) They're terrible. I mean, nobody is great in their first videos. The lighting's terrible. The quality's terrible. I don't know what the heck I'm even saying on camera. And I mean, I I look like I'm a deer in headlights. We all do. Everybody, Everybody, even the big, huge creators that are just fantastic all looked like a deer in headlights in their first videos. And it you're so, and going back to Roberto Blake, he says, you know, you're supposed to have a hundred, at least a hundred crappy videos before <laughs> you have great ones. And oh, it's so true. And if you don't do that, you're doing something wrong. <laughs> right. Right. So. I agree. Oh yeah. Sometimes it's so funny. Sometimes I'll get a, like a copyright notice because those there's this whole thing. I know a lot of people struggle with it where, you know, years ago we used music that was copyright free, but now it's no longer copyright free. So mm-hmm. we can still get copyright claims, which is super annoying. But I used to do tutorials back in my, when I first started, cause I thought that's what you had to do if you were a beauty channel. And I hated doing them because again, not a makeup artist. Don't like, I, I would feel really weird. Like I was trying to teach somebody, but I had no idea what I was talking about, but I'll get like a copyright claim on like, Valentine's Day 2016 makeup tutorial. And I'm like, I'm just going to delete that video. <laughs> like, that doesn't need like, to stay. watching that video now. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, it's going to take me more time to like go through and like mute the music or do. I'm like, I'm just going to click that video off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Great. Before we end it, do you want to share uh, where people can find you on the internet? Yes. On YouTube, I am Stephanie Marie and my blog is stephaniemarieblogs.com. Um, Insta- I hate that my Instagram and Facebook are different, but I couldn't get the <laughs> same name on both. So Instagram is stephmarie.7. Facebook is stephbmarie7. And um, for social media, it is uh, thesavvysocial.com. Amazing. And I will put all of that in the show notes. And thank you so much for coming on. This was so much fun. Thank you. I loved it. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Another huge thank you to Stephanie Marie for taking the time to come on the podcast and really talk through her YouTube and social media career. I had such a fun time talking with her today. I will have all of her links in the show notes. If you're not already familiar with her, I hope that you will go and check her out. Other than that, that's it for today's episode. I will have a new guest coming on next week. I hope that you are enjoying the interviews. Definitely let me know what you think about them. You can always tag me on social media. You can email the podcast, which is start and podcast at gmail.com. And if you enjoyed this one, I hope that you will take a moment to rate or review or even just share it, share it with friends, share it online. Uh, Word of mouth always helps so much and I do appreciate that. But thank you so much for listening and I'll be back next week with a new episode.